a wife and a mother and an insurance agency owner, a friend and a PTA advocate. I am so excited to talk about all of the things that I find most precious here within our community, within our lives, and within our faith, friendships, and relationships. Here on Heather's Most Precious. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Heather's Most Precious. I am so excited to introduce my guest today, Megan Splott. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. I just said your name like <laughs> Megan Splum. Like, it's like this huge announcement. And um, Megan, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a food editor. I've been in food media for 15 years and done everything from Food Network television to satellite media tours to cookbooks, magazine articles. I wrote for a really long time for a website called thekitchen.com. And now I co-host a podcast called Didn't I Just Feed You with my friend and colleague, Stacey Billis, which is, as you might imagine, about feeding families. And so I also am a mom and a wife and a friend and all of those all lovely the things. things that you are as well. That's awesome. Yeah. I've loved it. Megan and I got to connect through a podcast group that our friend Michael hosts yes. once a month. And when we hosted it here at the agency and it was just a fun way to connect. I thought I was only hosting because I had we hadn't launched yet. And, and then just the, the connection that I feel with you um, is is at least on my side. You're, you're feeling, yeah, she's crazy. Like, I know. Right now. Um, so you've Obviously, going back, right, you've been in food and edit editorial, all of that for such a long time. It's for been such a long time. All of your career. What is the What was the biggest transition from that into this podcast? Well, so there's this thread, I guess, in my career, which is I worked for Alton Brown for a long time. He's like a long time so awesome. Food Network celebrity. And while I was working him with him is when I met my husband and when I started a family and what like I felt like was missing when I had my daughter was food media that was really speaking to parents like from the start. It wasn't a time where people were talking about fed is best and I was really struggling mm -hmm. with breastfeeding and I couldn't find resources when I wanted to mm -hmm. move her into food that were outside of like the pediatrician right. and the lactation consultants, like a more wide variety. Mm -hmm of information about feeding babies. Yeah. And then as she got older, just this, the like slog of being a working parent and like packing lunches every day yeah. and doing breakfast and having snack. Literally it's a full-time job and like a lot of times it's one partner or the other doing right. it. There's not good division of labor. And I learned like being enmeshed in Food Network, well in food media I should say, that there weren't outlets that were speaking to parents really specifically mm -hmm. in fact some of the big magazines at the time were having non-parents write like easy weeknight dinner ideas as if they knew <laughs> like they knew and then it'd be like a caesar salad where you have to make the caesar salad dressing yeah. with anchovies and like make an emulsion which is really easy for me because i have a culinary background but like Every other person. parent, mm -hmm. and also even as a person with a culinary background, like I just want to know what's the best bottled Caesar dressing that I can buy, yeah. and also how to serve that salad that in a way that my kids might actually try it and not just be like, "ew, salad," because it's green. <laughs> yes, 
So when I started writing for Kitchen, I was one of the few moms on full-time staff. And so I got to start writing a lot of content for parents, like about meal planning, which I really love to do and is sometimes my tether in busy, crazy times. And then I met in real life at a food writers, food professionals conference. My friend Stacy, we had been friends on Instagram. The story is that we drink a little bit too much whiskey. (laughs) And we were like, we should start a podcast. There's no food podcasts for parents out there. And like, I thought that was something we said under the influence. And the next morning she emailed me. She's like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. And that's sort of like how our relationship has gone up to a certain point where she's like, I'll figure it out and we'll do it together. And it's been five years now. That's amazing. doing Didn't I Just Feed You. Yeah. It's been a really incredible experience. We have an incredible community of listeners too, which I just, is an unexpected joy and the thing that makes it such a worthwhile project. Absolutely. Knowing that you're a piece of their family, right? Right? And also just to not feel alone. You're like, oh man, I got to pack 180 Mm -hmm. school lunches this year. And there's like a thousand ninety five meals in addition to that in a single year for families. And they get it. And so when you're like, oh, this is exhausting. You're like, okay. It resonates with somebody there. Yeah. And, And I get that, especially for me, summer is the worst. Because you, first of all, the mom guilt, because when you work and you, or, or you're trying to get away to record, you're like, everyone be quiet. That's when everyone's like, oh, you wanted to talk to me, didn't you? Right. Like, or let like, me pull out my loud toy. Snack, or I'm going to get out so the good. giant box of oh goldfish and drop it on the floor. And I'm like, that was 1379. <laughs> no, it's too much. Yes. And so I think the, I mean, just the, the constant, right? Didn't I just feed you? This is where your title comes. It's just the constant of like, how did you digest that already? You literally just ate Fourteen granola bars. How do you still want something else? Right. But you're right. It's like seventeen bags of chips. I'm like, this can't be. Like, we there has to be a better way. So I love that you've helped to organize this and get and give a resource. And you're right. There are so many. I mean, I like Lakers nearly fourteen now. Um, he will this weekend. And I, I was always never saw anyone breastfeed outside of my neighbor who had twin babies, and I loved them growing up. But I just I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And for me, yes, fed is best. Please do not read into this. But for me, that's I always was excited to be the mom in all of those ways. And thankfully, my pregnancies were really rough, but nursing was the one thing that I was really good at, and I was so proud of myself. And oh. um, but back then, I mean, it was it was still not what it is now where it's more accepted than it was then right it's still not where it should be but um but, but then yeah now i mean i think of when oakley which our younger sons are very similar in age but when they came along then we do have these hey you can start doing these table foods at eight months and you know all of these let's do the, the baby, baby led weaning yes, yes there it is and so being able to do all of those things that how much that changed just in those five years in between. Isn't that wild? I would. I was talking about this with someone recently, how even since Emmett was born, which mm-hmm. was like eight, nine years ago, like Oakley, the recommendations for how to introduce allergies yeah. or allergens has changed so mm-hmm. much. And if you like are continuing to grow your family, it's a wild ride to be like, oh wait, what's the most updated information for babies? And yes. then also how do you follow that into feeding mm-hmm. preteens, which is a whole other wild ride. And do you ever feel like feeding preteens is a little bit like feeding a toddler again? Oh, 
where it's sure. like more pickiness. Mm-hmm. They're eating more frequently. It's oh, all I, those things again. The vegetables are the mm-hmm. worst. And you eat one thing. Like I bought a bulk pack of something because it's all you ate last week. In two days, you finished the whole bulk item, and then this week you don't like it. Oh, that's like the Murphy's Law. What is happening? As soon as you're like well stocked in the thing that you think they love, they're over it. Oh, 100%. But then when you don't buy it for a few weeks, it's like, you never have anything that I like to eat. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You can't win sometimes. What is your favorite? And I know you talked about meal planning. Do you like to prep on a certain day of the week? Is it like a store and then prep for the week? What does that look like? Okay, so I think of meal planning and meal prep as two sides of the same coin. Okay. So you can use them individually or together. I am not necessarily a meal prepper. I am mm-hmm. more of a meal planner. So for me, that really just looks like before I go to the grocery store, Looking at what we have in the house that needs to be used up, looking at like things in the pantry that I can utilize. And then I, some people like to plan like Monday, we're definitely having this. And Tuesday, we're definitely having this. I like to plan like five dinner ideas for the whole week, including, oh, we have soccer tonight. We're just going to get drive through on the way home. Okay. And then grocery shopping for those things. If I have time and to meal prep anything, I am going to make like a batch of cookies or brownies or a pound cake, like something that's joyful and like a little treat in our week rather than like roasting veggies Mm -hmm. or making a salad dressing. I think those things are really great. And we often recommend Mm -hmm. for people who are really busy to do that. But I also have the privilege of like working from home so it's a little bit easier for me to just like start the slow cooker in the middle Mm -hmm. of the day or do a little bit of meal prep prep when my kids are doing homework I don't have to do it on one single week yeah Yeah. that's awesome yeah what is the biggest thing and I'm sure you talk about this on your podcast which I would encourage y'all to go check out and what is maybe one of one of the styles of recipes that's kind of the most Maybe the most favorite for for all of you. Ooh, for all audience. Well, so that's the thing. There's not a ones. It's just like breastfeeding in yeah. some ways, right? Like there are feeding babies. I should say, there's not a one size fits all. Yeah. Thing that works for everyone. Like Stacy and I just did a quick weeknight pasta episode this summer and we thought going into recording like we're really aligned on what that means, mm-hmm. and then when we got into the conversation it's totally different things for the two of us. Like when I say quick weeknight pasta, I mean one pot pasta, which is a really great tool for a lot of families. Mm-hmm. And Stacy, cause she has two like teen boys and they're super active. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, that is not enough pasta for my family. So what I have to do is like make the sauce still quickly, mm-hmm. but separately and then do like a double pot of pasta just to feed them. So. One one pan pastas are really great. We love sheet pan meals at Didn't I yes. Just Feed You. We have a whole episode about that where we talk about like how to be efficient with it. Because sometimes it's not just like putting everything on the pan mm-hmm. and throwing it in the oven, but putting things in at different intervals or maybe even utilizing two sheet pans so you get a little variety of flavor. Mm-hmm. So that's another big thing on that we talk about on Didn't I Just mm-hmm. Feed You. If you just cook the things... Even if you love cooking, if you just cook the things that your family will eat, you're going to get burnt out on cooking for them every Mm -hmm. night so fast because you're not going to 
have any food joy and you're going to be bored of eating the same things over and over again so we do talk a ton about how like yes make things that your kids will like but here's one or two things that you can do to your plate or your bowl to make them more flavorful and also just building more flavorful meals overall because a lot of the pickiness or like aversion to vegetables that kids have Mm -hmm. not all of it because there's like legit piggy eating but it's just about like making the vegetables taste delicious right. for them to try them and be like, oh, actually, for green sure. beans are really good. Yeah. For changing the texture, which you can do with various ways of cooking. Yes. To change the texture for them, too. And I think that for me, my older son was really picky until about kindergarten. Then he started eating school lunch because all the kids eat, eat school yes. lunch. I was like, I wanted a packet. <laughs> um, and then he's he will try anything, eat anything. My younger son ate everything until about age two and then decided that he hates texture. So he would eat beans like they were candy. Yes. And he was like, just no, none, none of it. And so he still is my pickier eater, but he is willing to try things. And if you only do the same thing, you're never introducing something new. And you know how fast it, right? The bulk food, you just heard that story. Right, you know how change like every week. And then over the course of time, every year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And they may, another way to get a nutrients, right? They may then like something. Or if you don't, then it's like, okay, we've checked this off. Let's not try it again for a little while. So. Yeah. And then when we try it again, we'll try it a different way. So yeah. what are ways that your boys do like vegetables? Because I think that's a big question for a lot of parents is like getting them to try a variety of fruits and vegetables. Of course. My boys are much more fruit and I blame my husband for that. Nick, that's for you. <laughs> um, so he is a huge fruit eater um doesn't doesn't do a lot of vegetables now he'll do them fried but i'm like you could fry styrofoam and anybody would eat it right that doesn't right. count and it does, get, uh, it but, does yeah, count yeah. it does to an extent but i'm like you i mean let's look at the foods you eat fried okra fried green beans fried like <laughs> I mean, all those things are delicious <laughs> they are and um, he's a big salad eater I, I have to be in a very strict mood for salad, and salad just doesn't digest well often. And at least for me, I just, that's not my favorite thing. Now, my older son, Laker, loves salads as well, and I'm grateful for that. But he'll also like raw carrots, raw cauliflower. Like they, I, my family does not like things cooked. I could be a vegetarian. I love anything and everything, but except for broccoli, because I'm wondering. But put it in the oven, put it, I mean, eat it raw, anything, and I'm down. And, Oakley will do fruits, my younger son, but it's still, we're, we're trying, kind of towing the vegetable line and we make him try things quite often. Um, but I also don't want to traumatize my child. So it's that, how, how far do you push as the parent, right? Cause you know that you want them to try it, but also not force them to eat to where, like my sister, she's still traumatized by green beans. Um, and so <laughs> like, you I know, have a lima bean that. experience from growing up. Right. Yes. And then it always sticks with you. I'll never eat lima beans. And that's where it's, it's just this song and dance, but often with, with, our ears and we are, um, it's kind of a, hey, why don't we try this before you say, he will still not eat, he loves apples, will not eat applesauce, even as an infant. Everyone loves applesauce, would not eat it, and it's a texture thing for him. I um, And just, uh, has just recently started eating, like, even things like macaroni and cheese, and for a long time, no meat in the pasta, or wouldn't eat burgers. Um, and now he actually does, you know, those things, so I think for him, it's just as, as his taste buds change and as he gets older and sees what other people are doing and realizing like, oh, this was in my mind, you know, it's not as much, I can't eat it 
It was, you know, things do change over time, which is super helpful. And um, what are what are some of the stories that you've heard or kind of the um, imaginative ways that parents are either sneaking in vegetables or are encouraging their families to um, kind of build yeah. right upon their nutrition? Okay, I have a strong opinion loosely held, which, you know, if someone presents me with new information uh-huh. about it, I am anti-sneaky vegetables. I think you yeah. run the risk of like putting zucchini in muffins and then like ruining muffins as a vehicle right. for all other goodness because your kids notice the little bit of green mm-hmm. with a small exception of like pasta sauce. If your kids love pasta sauce, it's really easy to just pack veggies in there yes. and not mention that they're mm-hmm. there, but that's, that feels less sneaky to me for some right. reason well because it's kind of already a veggie vegetable based right like dish yeah you're not going to notice that there's like some extra carrots or some grated cauliflower mm-hmm. in there and then you're just getting more nutrients into them but i think when you sneak also you like ruin the opportunity to present to them new vegetables that they yes. might like too right absolutely so that's my thing on sneaky but ways to introduce your kids to more vegetables i think the family meal is so important and I'm being careful to say meal because Mm -hmm. I think we for a long time I say we like food media in general was Mm -hmm. like the family dinner is like the most important thing that you can do for your kids but like a lot of busy working parents dinner time is actually really hard so can you do like family breakfast or can Mm -hmm. you get like have Sunday lunch all together but I think those meals where you can put the food on the table without any like judgment or instructions about Mm -hmm. how much they have to eat, like serve everything family style and have just like a joyful conversation or play a card game together. Those are actually like the opportunities for them to enjoy new foods where we're just taking all the pressure off that I think a lot of parents, it's harder to do that, right? Than just be like, here's your green, you got to eat these green beans. It's like a Thursday night. Turn on the timer. Exactly. But if you can do it in like a more leisurely and fun way where it's not really about the food that's on the table, it's about the relationship around it. You see kids like really start to open up mm-hmm. at the and embrace table. that, yeah. and it builds your relationship. You always hear that, and I'll say we we have been guilty and um, about especially with sports in the evening, like tonight. Lakers got tennis, and then you know we're gonna rush to do homework and get, and it's just gonna be a really late night um, all together. And so I think that there are quite often I have felt like, oh my goodness, if I am not home and picking by five thirty. And dinner's not on the table by six, and we're not eating, and we're then then it's like null and void, right? And when right. it's when it's not, right? But sometimes you do let the schedule. So I love the prepping idea to where it's like, okay, this has been in the crock pot all day. All we have to do is make some rice, or all we have to do is you know whatever the the sides are. So then you can sit and enjoy. But I also know too that sometimes just letting the kids eat on the couch and let's watch a movie or something is also just being together, right? It's such intentionally being together, I would say. And on that note, this conversation will be continued in the next episode of Heather's Most Precious. Heather's Most Precious is brought to you with love by the Hendrickson Agency, an insurance agency serving all of Georgia and Tennessee. 
The Hendrickson Agency, properly protecting your most precious possessions. Support for Heather's Most Precious is provided by Study.com, which offers SAT and ACT study materials and even has resources for AP and college credit courses. Listeners of Heather's Most Precious get 30% off their first three months of any subscription level with offer code PRECIOUS. Just go to Study.com and use offer code PRECIOUS at checkout. Heather's Most Precious is produced by Chattanooga Podcast Studios and is part of the Podnooga Network. Find out more at ChattanoogaPodcastStudios.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode of Heather's Most Precious. Proud member of the Podnooga Network.